I'm just going to be committed. And then I'm going to take a bunch of action. And that's going to look like leadership. The action is going to look like leadership, but it's not leadership. Leadership is that willingness to live in that moment of the in-between in life. And I'm going to throw myself and decide to be willing to reinvent myself in order to presence now what I want next. And I say that's leadership. If I'm like willing to presence now, even if I don't have it, but I'm willing to presence it now, like I'm willing to take, see the world the way I need to see it, take action that I need to take. And all of a sudden that looks like leadership. One secret that every single exceptional leader understands and lives by. Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-host and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There is no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian and I sit down and chat about the one secret that every exceptional leader understands and knows how to implement. The attitude that we talk about in this conversation is so powerful. It has the potential to transform any person, team, or culture, no matter where they currently are. Prepare yourselves because Adrian is on fire in this one. I'm telling you, you may have to rewind it a couple times just to catch it all. Let's dive in. Adrian, my brother, how are you, man? Hey, I'm great. Good to be here. It's great to be with you. Um, I want to mention the absence of Dan once again. We're missing him, loving him. He's taking care of his family. Yep. Uh, they've got a lot going on. And um, anyway, just don't want to brush past this intro without mentioning him. Yeah. Yeah, he'd love to be here. Um, and this is so, you know, this is really the core of... I mean, the core of kind of our legacy and Dan's legacy is really helping as many people as possible. And the podcast is one of the channels in which we can, you know, reach more people and be a resource to, to them. So he hates to, he hates to miss it, but he's looking forward to being back with you all. Yeah. Yep. And we're getting there. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to have him back. So mm-hmm. let's dive in. I want to, the title of this conversation is the secret to being an exceptional leader. And the reason I wanted to dive into this topic here at the podcast is because we also have a YouTube channel. I don't know that we've mentioned the YouTube channel much on the podcast. Uh, it is called Naked Leadership, um, the same as uh, as the podcast. Um, and you go check it out. But this is the this is the video that has become most popular on our channel. Um, and so I thought was this was a great opportunity to take what is in three minutes in that video and really have, you know, a 20, 25 minute conversation about what it is, some of the nuances that exist in that conversation that we can't really do in what we commit to on YouTube, which is three minutes uh, packed full of value. Uh, There's just not that time. There's not a lot of time to play with some of the nuances that exist in all of this. Every, I mean, if you've been listening to us long enough, you're, you're well aware that we like to play in the nuance. We love to play in the gray. And so I just thought this was a really great opportunity to take what we did there and build upon it. So um, 
I wanted to, can we start by talking about what leadership is at its foundation? Meaning I was in a, I was in a intro meeting with a team today and uh, it was really fun. I didn't, I, I met somebody in a mastermind that I help facilitate. Uh, I facilitate the group discussion. It's 18 or I, we might be up to 20 now uh, business founders in my area. We get together once a month. We have a discussion. I lead the discussion. We highlight a business. We, you know, support each other. It's not a referral network. It's literally, it's very much a relationship uh, based experience. I love it. And she just jumped into the group last week or mm. last month, this month, January. And uh, immediately after the uh, after the the meeting, she reached out to me and said, "We got to talk." And I had no context around it at all. What what it was? She just said, "Hey, can you come down to my place? Uh, let's talk." I got there. She had her two managers in the room. She was there. They all had notebooks in hand, ready to roll. Like they were. The- <laughs> I thought it was like, Hey, let's get to know you get, you know, do some community just, uh, and she, she was ready to dive in. Um, and which I really appreciated. That's just how she operates hard driving ready all the time, taking full advantage of every moment, my, my perception of her, but it was not, but, and it was very, very interesting as I started listening to the language that they use about their culture and what leadership is or isn't in their culture. In fact, they weren't using language of leadership at all. It was a lot of language around managing people, being their boss. This per- I'm this person's boss, or I was this person's boss, and it didn't work, or I don't know how to manage people because I don't, I don't know how to manage this person because I don't know marketing, right? It, so it was, it was really... Uh, to me, it brought me back to this foundation of okay. I want to I want to get clear again on the podcast and make this distinction between leadership and managing people, or or being the boss. And as I talk about that, I just would love to. I'm sure you've got things firing off already, uh, as you always do. I'd love to just hear what you hear in that, what you're thinking about, and sure. we can start there. Yeah, I mean, plenty on my mind thinking like, oh, 20 minutes isn't even enough time. No. Um, Because even even when you're telling the story, I'm always, you know, I was was thinking and almost interrupted you, but to let you finish, like, I wonder what she saw in, or what she heard, what she, um, what occurred for her, right? Like between her ears, when she met you, like there was some kind of possibility that the conversation, the conversation that you were, that you're representing, that you were illuminating. There was something there. I wonder what, what was happening for her that thought, oh, we got to talk afterwards. She and told she, me. Oh, good. What was that? Yeah, she said, uh, so I did a little, like a very mini training, 10 minutes on setting uh, aim for 2023. Mm-hmm. And I just, as an offhand comment, I said, I said, part of what's your what what's going to become very clear if you're clear on your aim for this year is that if you have the right people in the right places and she mm-hmm. said that struck me mm. and she said because i have the right people but i know they're not in the right places mm. Got so it. yeah so your the conversation that you were having with her uh she was willing to connect the dots you know yeah. so many people i know she's successful and she's doing really well you told me a little bit about her before this call. Um, but she wasn't willing to like rest on her laurels. 
because she's already doing better than most people, right? In, in her industry, she's doing better than most people. And most people then will rest for a while and hide behind the, I've got so much going on, we'll deal with that later. But she's not in the, I'll, I'll deal with that later yep. conversation. So, you know, that was going on for me as we we're talking together. It's also makes sense that they're in a very management conversation. Management is like, here's a set amount of resources. How do I organize them? And how do we then squeeze those for certain outcomes and then manage like 10 to um, time, you know, financial resources, behavior in order to generate outcomes. Very important conversation. Very important conversation. Necessary playing, conversation. playing chess. Playing chess. That's right. Yeah. Very essential conversation. I say very distinct from leadership. Yeah. You know, it's as we're, as we're something I was just writing down as I was thinking, as you were talking, um, let me talk about leadership in a way that's weird. So, um, cause we, we, <laughs> I was probably going to do that anyway, but let's, I'll let you know, listeners that I think it's weird too. Um, I love the way your brain works. It's so great. <laughs> so first off, you know, we, we speak of leadership as a phenomenon, like that leadership is something that's happening. Um, and it's not based on circumstances, not based on authority structure, not based on um, org chart. Uh, that guarantees it doesn't that doesn't guarantee that any leadership is going to be happening, even if someone's a quote unquote leader in the organization. Um, that doesn't mean that in any single moment in time, leadership is happening. Because um, I, I think here's the weird thing way that I think about leadership is leadership is scaling the conversation of becoming. So as I am thinking about my life and thinking about what's here in my life and thinking about what I have to manage and my time and my resources, and then I'm actually thinking about what I want in my life. And I think about if I do like an honest assessment about where, how I'm doing right now in real time, and I can look around the whole wheel of life and think about business, think about personal, think about financial, think about health, think about, you know, spiritual, emotional, all that types of things. And, you know, as I think about that, I'm going to have a clean sense of what that is. And depending on, you know, your worldview, you can go to work in at least two different conversations. One is justify, like one is like justifying what I've got. That's what a lot of people do is, are there a story about what is and why it must be so? And if you're doing that, you're not leading anything. You're just finding, as Kierkegaard said, finding a level of despair that's tolerable and calling that happiness, right? So how do I make the best of this? And I've got my bullshit stories and I'm, I'm hanging out with my buddies. I'll complain about it and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not leading. Yep. If you, uh, so what you must do is like have an honest assessment about what is and then get really clear with yourself about what you want. And what is what you're out of that, what you're committed to, like what the next thing is. And you could do that for like really unha unhappy reasons or compa <laughs> like comparing yourself with Instagram, blah, 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 or to, to trying to catch up to what your expectations of your family is and all that kind of shit. That's not leadership either. But leading yourself, if I'm in that conversation with myself, it's like, oh, here's where I am today. And you know what? I really want to make my life count. In order to do that, I need to get to this place. I want to be mm -hmm. like that. I want to take these leaps. Now, all of a sudden, that's created a vacuum in your life where um, I, I, I'm not satisfied with what I've got. Now, not that you can't be content, and we could talk about that for a minute, but I'm not satisfied with or what grateful. I've got. 
or yeah. grateful. That's right. I'm grateful for what I got, but I'm not satisfied. Like, I don't want this to run this course exactly like this for the next 40 years of my life. And I probably That's got right. oh, 40 some years left. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be happy when I'm 82 if I keep up this at the current state. And here's what I want instead. Here's where I want to head. Here's what I want to be so a year from now. That's going to create a vacuum. Now, in that vacuum is the possibility of leadership, like that I'm going to take on a whole new way of approaching things to get that in the way I'm approaching it now. Now, people are going to say that, no, well, well, what you've got now is like based on blah, blah, blah circumstances. I say no. I've got even in the areas in which I'm dissatisfied, that's exactly the way I want it. Mm -hmm. And why do I know that? Because I'm a pretty ample, a pretty a active guy. And if there's anything I don't want in my life, it's gone for the most part. And I think it's really dangerously amazing to believe that. If I take ownership that whatever I have in my life, even all the complaints I have in my life, I actually want it to be that way. Um, that's a counterintuitive thought. Most people won't. Most people will just complain about it or point to someone else or point to my own history and, 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 and see that as the source of what I have. No, my choice. My choice, is, mm -hmm. and my choice can be not to make choices. Like the things that I've avoided maybe have generated fruit in my life, like the avoidances in my life or the denial in my life have got me to what? Now, if I actually stand like that, that I've got everything I want right now and I need to up my own game and decide that I want some new things and decide that that's possible, then it, it generates that possibility of leadership. And then I'm going to do whatever it takes to generate that next whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If it's in fitness, if it's financial, if it's my own energy level, my own invigoration, my own intellect, what I want to learn, I'm just going to decide to do whatever it takes. Now, what's it, what's it going to take? Who knows what it's going to take? Yeah. It's a you commitment. Know? It doesn't, it's a, it, yeah, that's right. I'm just going to be committed and then I'm going to take a bunch of action and that's going to look like leadership. Mm. The action is going to look like leadership, but it's not leadership. Leadership is that willingness to live in that moment of the in-between in life. And I'm going to throw myself and decide to be willing to reinvent myself in order to presence now what I want next. And I say that's leadership. If I'm like willing to presence now, even if I don't have it, but I'm willing to presence it now, like I'm willing to take, see the world the way I need to see it, take action that I need to take. And all of a sudden that looks like leadership. Mm. And that's all we got. Like leadership comes like a, it's like a uh, apparition that way. It's a superstition. It's this thing that comes and goes. And it's ironic because like one moment in time, I look and act like a leader. The next moment, if definitely, you know, if you could listen to the tape in my head, I'm not leading at all. And then I'm back in the game and I'm going. So now that's the study of becoming, which is really the core set of what we're up to in our approach with people is engaging people in the most Re the most vitalizing or revitalizing conversation that human beings know, which is reinvention. Yeah. Invention. Coming alive. Yeah. Coming alive. That's right. Now, if I'm doing that for myself, that's one thing. If I generate an environment in which we don't tolerate dead things, we actually insist that things live. Now, sometimes you have to kill things in order for things to live, right? Um, but I don't tolerate the dead things in my life and I don't collect all this petrified wood. I don't keep the old tokens around either. I just keep myself light and towards walking towards vitality and life. Now that's scaling the conversation of becoming is so like when I am bringing someone onto my team, I'm very unapologetic that, Hey, if you think you're a done deal, if you think that you've already become, if you think that like, you've got it all figured out, please do not take this job. Yeah. 
because I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to expect a whole bunch of shit from you outcome wise. That's I'm trading. I'm giving you a salary. You're going to give me outcomes. Yes. But that's not the point. The point is we're going to come around as comrades shoulder to shoulder and throw ourselves at what's possible for us as individuals. Each individual is going to say what's possible for me as an individual. And if we do that as a team, that looks like this fierce advocacy thing that we talk about and is like a core tenant for us as a team, as Take New Ground. That's how we engage people. We're your fierce advocates, and we're unapologetic about that. If you don't want that, great. Go find the next consulting firm. They'll, they'll, they'll be happy to send you solutions with no, with no guts. But we're in the guts business. Mm-hmm. So if we are in that really – if I am if I as a leader – and I'll stop as a second. Sorry, I'm kind of like going on here. But you don't have I, anything to say about this, right? Yeah, shoot. I wish I thought about this a little bit. But if I, as a leader, am just decided to be vital and I don't want to tolerate being around folks that complain all the time or just gossip all the time or just justify shit all the time, then that naturally is going to clear, like create a space in which people that are all in, they just want to be around. Mm. And that's scaling the conversation of becoming. The only constant in an organization like yours is change. I want to take just a second to tell you about The Change Imperative, an ebook written by our very own Dan Takini. Let me ask you, how do you personally relate to change in your business? Does it feel like a threat at times? Does it ever feel like you can't keep up with it or it never happens fast enough? Are there certain players on your team that resist change and keep your company stuck? Growth, change, and transition These intersections often come with confusion, frustration, and resistance. You can flip those experiences into clarity, confidence, and alignment with the Change Imperative eBook. The Change Imperative is instructions for innovating with your team. Go ahead and click on the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Change Imperative now and feel confident about creating the change in your company necessary to take it to the next level. Not Um, only do they want to be around, they want to be alive in it because they can't survive if they're not alive. I mean, you're going to feel so out of place if you're not alive in that environment that you'll, you'll take yourself out most likely. Um, Or those who are alive will eat you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like not, I don't, I don't know how I mean that, but just like you won't survive, you won't keep up. And there's a momentum that happens in becoming in knowing that you're becoming, there's a momentum that is natural. All of this, you know, all of this idea about motivation, all of this idea about inspiration. Okay, fine. Go find your motivation, go find your inspiration. But what actually happens is it's internal. It's an internal chemistry that happens when you're becoming and you know that. Right on. So I want to just, can I just bullet point? First, I want to say, everybody go back, rewind about seven minutes and listen to that again. There was so much in there that went really fast. I'm going to bullet point a few of those if that's okay. Sure. All right. So one of the things that really um, stood out, a couple of things that really stood out to me is, is what, what I heard or what I got from and how I would distill it is there's playing to win or playing not to lose. Mm-hmm. And the really tricky thing about playing not to lose is that you can actually still win when you're playing not to lose. Like on the scoreboard, you can win. The scoreboard can show a higher score even when you're playing not to lose. The reason I say that that's not advantageous, that's not helpful, is because 
how many people, those of you listening, how many people do you know that have achieved their goals or their ambitions or been successful, quote unquote, you can't see me good, but I'm doing quote quotations. How many do you know that have done that and are still miserable? We talk to them every fucking day. Yeah. Yep. Right. So that's what winning when you're playing to lose looks like, I think. Mm. Right. Because it's like, it's, it, I'm, I am playing in spite of what I'm fearing I am or I'm not, or what I, what I can do or what I can't do. And that motivates me rather than what's possible. Playing to win is focused on, Hey, this is possible. This is who I'm becoming or who I can become. And that's playing to win. So that's, I wanted to put like a pin in that. Second thing I want to put a pin in or highlight or bullet point is the secret that we're talking about. If, if we were to go back to the title of this podcast, The Secret of Being an Exceptional Leader, the secret we're talking about is your ownership, your, so everything, it's the attitude and the being of everything I have, I'm either creating or tolerating. Yeah, that's right. And that's, that is core, essential, everything else that we're talking about evolves around that way of being. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing you guys talk about this concept, you know, a few years ago, at least the way he talked about it, I liked. He, um, he said, you know, p- people are going to make a choice between having and believing that life is an expression of an external locus of control or an internal locus of control. Mm-hmm. That like I get what comes to me or I get what I generate. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, it's a risky, it's a risky move. If you decide to like take that pill, you know, maybe a matrix reference or something. If you decide to like believe that there's horror in that because I got to look and see stuff I didn't want to see before because yeah. like whatever's broken, I got to wonder, hold on, why do I like this broken? This relationship's dysfunctional. Why do I like that? Yeah. This business isn't making twice the amount of money that I'd like it to be. Why do I like not making the amount of money? Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it about that? That's a counterintuitive question. And you're going to look in the, I mean, you're going to want to run from that answer. Um, or you're probably going to go blank. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, Adrian, tell me, you know, which all every client of mine does. When I ask them that type of question, they're like, oh, I don't know any payoffs to making half the amount of money. I typically get, oh, I don't like it. Yeah, that's right. Well, first, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't. What are you talking about? Did I hear you wrong? Of course I don't like that. I'm like, well, I don't know. You got it. Let's imagine that you like it, that you get some kind of hidden payoff to it. What might that be? And we're just naturally really, and when it comes to language of responsibility, we're naturally really anemic. We're not usually willing to put language um, towards a, the conversation that, points out how I contributed to how things aren't working. We're not really willing to do that. Usually it's really stunted and it's so generalistic and, or it's so shame based or it's, you know, it's got all these back doors baked into it. Back doors, meaning like it's really vague. And so I kind of don't have to like really sit in the, the grossness of it. Or it's like, I feel really bad about it, you know, so then I can like talk about it, but talk about it like sheepishly and then everybody has to leave me alone. Um, you know, we, we love to bake in some back doors because we're not that confident that who I am is based on what I'm committed to, not mm-hmm. based on previous performance, which is the mm-hmm. kind of the human dilemma that Freud set us up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
baked in back doors. That's that like let's trademark that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so so the question I want to leave people with in this conversation, there's so much more, obviously, but the the idea, the question, the the meditation that I want to encourage people to think about is where currently in their relationship with themselves, with their leaders, with the people that work for them, with their families, with their spouses, where are you, where have you been unwilling to come to terms with what you have is what you want, either by creation or toleration? Mm-hmm. And then after you cut, after you like recognize, recognize those points, what, what part of it are you willing to own? Mm-hmm. And that is that I believe is how we become an exceptional leader. And, and I'm going to apply this point of becoming to an exceptional leader. It's not an arrival point PS. And the moment it becomes an arrival point, you're no longer an exceptional leader. Right. Yeah. That's just becomes more of the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, what hits me and I've got a handful of caveats in my head as you're saying that, as you're saying that, and as I'm about to say what I'm going to say, uh, you know, part of the purpose of this is that one of my convictions, and this is what I've seen over, you know, coaching top tier folks for the past 12 years, is that the a component of exceptional leadership, like the experience of leadership, is when somebody is really willing to get honest, you know, like as I get re- get real about what is. There's something about, I mean, we're all dying to like feel more confident, to be more courageous, to like, you know, like kind of yeah, feel like we're comfortable on our own skin. But the reason why we don't feel comfortable on our own skin for most folks is because we feel like a fraud. Well, why do we feel like a fraud? I'm being a fraud. That's why I'm feeling like a fraud. I'm being inauthentic. I'm not really willing to put language to the inherent tensions and there are innumerable amount of tensions that are happening in any kind of group human endeavor. And there are ways in which we're blowing it on a, maybe even a daily basis. It might not be macro. I mean, if you blow it too much in a macro sense, you're not gonna last too long, but you're blowing it in a micro sense often. Mm -hmm. And the denial of that is, is actually the way that we decide to be really uncomfortable in our own skin. Cause we don't think that I can, like, we don't believe in ourselves that we can handle it if we like fail in public, quote unquote fail, instead of like missing it. Oh, like I'm going to miss it. Like I'm, I'm, I, so many times throughout the day, I'm going to miss it. I don't show up really wholeheartedly for the meeting. There's things I, I needed to say and I didn't say. There's insecurities that I hid behind. There are tough conversations that I wasn't willing to go explore for fear of not looking good or fear out of like hurting somebody's feelings or whatever. I held myself back and then I blame so many other things for like feeling uncomfortable and then or I or the or also I bulldozed in that meeting right. because I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. Right on. Right yeah. on. And you know, so much a part of this is like really willing to get honest with yourself. And really so much a part of that is having a space in your life to practice that. Hmm. And that's why a part of I think the 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 secret sauce of coaching is that these leaders that we get to work with decide that on a very regular basis, I'm crafting an hour in my week in order to kind of check in on how I'm really doing instead of just acting like a tool and just like doing the work. Mm -hmm. I'm really going to check in on how am I really doing here? 
where am I being inauthentic? What am I, what lies am I telling myself? What, where am I being a coward? Like where, how, where am I acting like I know something and I don't know something or where am I faking like I don't know something and I actually do, you mm-hmm. know, it's like that all those self inquiry, it's hard to get honest answers in self inquiry mm. as a practice, especially yeah. if you're not used to doing it in a way that works. Most yeah. people that we work with self inquiry is really harsh. Yeah. Right. It's like there's a there's a the inner critic and you're hard on yourself so much. But that level, that type of self-criticism generates even more avoidance. Yeah. Well, it's not even inquiry. A lot of times it's you've already decided how wrong, bad or broken you are. Right on. Right. Yep. So it's that's not inquiry. That's that's a decision. That's a that's a static evaluation or right. a judgment um, of that. So. All right. This is thick. Um, this is great. I love it. Uh, thank you. Yeah, this is fun. Anything else you want to mention? Oh, a whole bunch more. I know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. If there's anything else I want to mention about this? Um, any kind of final thoughts? If you're not thinking about, if you're, if you don't have an active process, um, for doing this in your life, um, my encouragement to you is we're in this like new year is to first off, cut yourself some slack. Um, cause life's busy. Things are complicated. Uh, if you're taking on some ambition, you're probably, you're probably, um, much more, you feel much more alone than you want to admit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was like really laying it on there for a while, but really, um, the the beauty of putting your arms around this cactus we talk about hugging the cactus all the time the beauty of it is that you you if you can own it and like accept yourself and it therefore it actually opens up the possibility of accepting other people um there's a lot of relief in that and then you're no longer living to prove something you can actually go presence something and yeah. if you're not experiencing that freedom on a regular basis where i just like really am who i am and here it is, and I'm adaptable, and I'm going to learn, and there's a whole lot I don't know, and there's much more that I don't even know that I don't know, and that's not a problem either. That's like joy, and and what I could discover about myself, the type of healing I could go through personally, the type of impact I could have on other people, that's where joy comes from. And so if you don't have that space, please just come in the water, like try something on. Of course, we'd love to talk to you, but you know, there's lots of great other environments um, to go be in this conversation in like a really healthy way. So the reason we do this is to help people have the experience they want and generate the outcomes they want for themselves and their people and their own legacy. So I just want to put a big invitation at the end where it's like, first off, it's, this is really hard work and hard in the sense that it's naturally, we naturally want to avoid it. Um, but like staring into this, um, and, and, you know, having some grace for yourself and getting some tools around you and getting a fresh conversation about your own personal development uh, is one of the best decisions you can make this year. And my invitation to anybody is like to make that call. And if, if we could serve you in that way, wonderful. Um, but go be served. Go find a way to go do that. Yeah. Specifically, you talk about spaces to practice this. The best yep. space that I know of is the Revenant. We call it the gym, the relational gym. And a lot of that is the relationship you have with yourself. 
Yes. Uh, in these things, in becoming the leader that you want to become. That's yes. the feedback we hear the most from founders that come through the Revenant is this was a space for me to really rediscover what I'm becoming. Yes. For myself and for my people. And it happens in four days. It's like a, it's like an accelerated transformation experience. And so we, we have one coming up in a couple of months. You can check it out. We are revenant.com. Um, we would love to have you there. If this, if you feel convicted in this conversation, if you feel alignment in interest in this conversation, wondering where you have the place to practice, come practice with us. Love it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, when I went through the Revenant, there were, there were weights I was carrying around that I wasn't, I didn't know I was carrying it around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of the conversation, just being with other people that are hard driving people that are like purposeful people that are good folks to be around. It's not like, um, you naturally find some camaraderie and, uh, with others that are like, actually, wow, that he that guy just said something. It sounds a lot like what I think about. Yeah. And all of a sudden I can access something new and I get some new ideas to replace some old ideas. And I don't want, I mean, I don't want to get too dramatic here, but like we call it revelation. We don't use that vernacular in our common day and age, but there are moments in which something hits you and you're never the same. And if you haven't had any of those kind of revelation moments, um, it's worth pursuing to see you know, and I don't know, I think it's worth it. I know it's worth it for me. That's why I mean, yeah. I have those moments all the time when I'm working with folks. and I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. some kind of discovery happens. And like everything shifts for me. Um, the whole a whole area of my life is shifted in a moment in time. And that's like, we call that transformation, where, um, you know, it's like, it's not like it's a long process. Most transformation happens in a second, it's practiced. Um, and sustained over time. But man, that first moment, there's not a lot of spaces in, in life that you get that. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, I think people uh, like to think it's like alone on a mountaintop somewhere. Yeah. And that's not where life is lived. So it's good to learn how to have this level of personal insight in the context of community. Yeah. So, yeah. Revenant's a great invitation for that. Yep. Join us. Come practice with us. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Love you, man. Love you. Bye. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.